The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. Let's start with politics and results from the special election in New York. Tom Swazi and Mozzie Pillip squared off in a race for the seat left open by former Representative George Santos. And Democrats came out victorious in New York's 3rd District. Tom Swazi won the contest with 54% of the vote. Bloomberg's Laura Namia says the race was viewed as a bellwether for November's election. We did talk to some voters out in the district who said that they were casting their ballots for Swazi because they wanted Democrats to retake control of the House, less because of any personal attachment to Tom Swazi than because they wanted control of the House of Representatives to switch back to Democrats. They were concerned about abortion rights, the future of democracy. They were concerned about some of the things that had happened during the Trump presidency and about whether or not Democrats could keep democracy afloat. Bloomberg's Laura Namias notes Tom Swazi had represented New York's third for three terms until George Santos claimed his seat. The victory for Democrats narrows Republicans' thin majority in the House. The GOP now has just a six-member advantage in the chamber. The special election came on the same day the House impeached Alejandro Mayorkas. Republicans voted by the narrowest possible margin to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary after failing in their first attempt last week. House Speaker Mike Johnson announced the final tally. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. Mayorkas becomes the second cabinet member in U.S. history to be impeached. The first came nearly 150 years ago. The effort is likely to die in the Senate where a two-thirds majority is needed to remove Mayorkas from office. And staying in Washington, Amy, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is back on the job. He was released from the hospital last night. He underwent a procedure for a bladder problem. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the details. The doctors at Walter Reed Medical Center say they identified what was causing him pain and the bladder issue related to his prostate surgery was rectified in a non-surgical procedure. They say the prognosis from his prostate cancer surgery is still good. Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh says he will participate in the virtual Ukraine defense contact group because of its importance. If U.S. support wavers, we know Putin is not going to stop in his war in Ukraine. Austin is expected to host the meeting today about 50 countries. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right. Thank you, Ed. Turning now to the markets, we start overseas where an inflation surprise in the U.K. is giving a boost to British stocks. Data show U.K. consumer prices rose less than expected in January, largely due to downward trends in the cost of food and household goods. We get more from Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London. 
inflation has unexpectedly held steady at 4% when economists thought it would rise. Core inflation was lower than economists thought, 5.1%. And even the monthly number for inflation came in at 0.6%, so double the expected drop. So I can hear the relief from the Bank of England, and I can hear it on Downing Street as well. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden notes the data has traders moving up bets for a rate cut from the Bank of England. The pound weakened on the news, currently trading at 1.2539 against the dollar. And back here in the U.S., Amy, we are coming off a tough day for stocks. The S&P 500 fell 1.3% after hot U.S. inflation data pushed back bets for a Fed rate cut. Now the question is, will the sell-off continue? Jean Bovan is head of BlackRock Investment Institute. The market is overreacting. I mean, that has been the story for the last 18 months. We've seen that in December with the shocker FOMC. Massive rally, right? And now uh, that was overextended. I think that's getting corrected as we speak. But I think the broader story will be uh, one where inflation is going to continue to trend down over the next few months. We're going to see cuts. Jean Boivana, BlackRock Investment Institute, still sees a soft landing inside. This morning, U.S. futures are signaling a rebound from yesterday's losses. Now some stocks on the move this morning. Shares of Airbnb are down about 5% in early trading. Earnings from the company initially came in strong, but Airbnb says overall demand is coming down in the current quarter. It notes this quarter last year was especially strong thanks to revenge travel coming off the pandemic. Now Airbnb says demand is starting to normalize. And shares of Lyft are living up to their name this morning, Amy. They're up about 15.5% in the pre-market. The ride-hailing company posted earnings in line with estimates and issued a forecast that was better than expected. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has the details. It shows efforts to boost ridership are paying off. The company said gross bookings, which represent the total value of transactions invoiced to riders, will be about $3.5 to $3.6 billion in the first three months of the year. Analysts were expecting $3.48 billion on average. Lyft has struggled to compete with large arrival Uber, and the two have spent fiercely to recruit and retain enough drivers to meet demand, which has bounced back after a plunge during the pandemic. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Charlie. We also have news on the world's second richest man. We are learning Jeff Bezos sold another $2 billion of Amazon shares on top of the $2 billion of shares he sold last week. Regulatory filings show the sales took place over just four trading days. Shares of Amazon are up 11% so far this year. Now let's get a look at some of the stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The cleanup continues from yesterday's snowstorm that hit the tri-state area. People have been out shoveling heavy snow. The New York City Department of Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch had a message for residents in a news conference last night. The temperatures are going to go down below freezing and we could have flash freezes on the sidewalks. We want those sidewalks safe. Audio courtesy of ABC7. New York City schools put about a million school kids on remote learning, but there were technical issues throughout the day. This woman had trouble getting her sons online. If you weren't logged into your account by the time that they started having problems, you couldn't get in. Central Park officially recorded 3.2 inches of snowfall. In upstate New York, Warwick got 13.4. More than 3,000 flights were canceled or delayed at Northeast airports.
In Brooklyn, a 74-year-old woman died after she was struck by falling bricks from a brownstone. Authorities say a large chunk of the decorative brick facade above the entrance door fell from the three-story building at 6th Avenue and 54th Street. The woman was clearing snow from the steps when the facade collapsed. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says efforts are continuing to free Americans detained in Russia. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons has an update. Secretary Blinken says he's spoken with Paul Whelan this week. He's the former Marine who was detained in Russia on charges of espionage, charges that he and the U.S. deny. Our intensive efforts to bring Paul home continue every single day. And they will until he and Evan Gershkovitz and every other American wrongfully detained is back with their loved ones. Evan Gershkovich is a correspondent for The Wall Street Journal who was arrested for spying. Blinken was speaking on hostage diplomacy at the Wilson Center, a think tank for global affairs. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. Tesla and News Corp face some of the earliest regulatory enforcement actions under New York City's closely watched pay transparency law. The city alleges the businesses ignored the requirement to include salary ranges in job ads or posted such wide salary bans that they did did not qualify as good faith estimates. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it. With Bloomberg News Now, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. Best team in the NBA was in Brooklyn, the Celtics, 42-12. and They got 41 points from Jason Tatum. They beat the Nets 118-110. Same two teams play tonight in Boston. Knicks play tonight in Orlando. The Knicks injuries continue. They're without their top two centers. Their entire starting front court is injured. And now Dante DiVincenzo, who's played so well of late, has an injured hamstring questionable for tonight. Knicks come off the heartbreaker in Houston when the fast that the NBA admits should not have been called was called at the end of the game. The Knicks have filed a protest, but protests can't be upheld based on a missed call, only the misapplication of a rule. On the ice, Devils with three in the third, 1-4-2 at Nashville. Islanders went scoreless in the shootout and lost at home to Seattle. Two to one. St. John's lost at Providence 75-72. Red Storm have now dropped seven of the last nine. They stormed the court at Syracuse after an upset win over seventh-ranked North Carolina. In Port St. Lucie today, Met pitchers and catchers report. The big Met change, a new manager. Buck Walter out, replaced by former Yankee bench coach Carlos Mendoza. Here he was at his presser last fall. I'm not just creating a new culture. Uh, people on People need to understand that this is a team that won 100 games not too long ago. And uh, it was they started to create something special. Uh, and I'm coming in to continue to add to that culture. The Nets did win 101 games in 2022, but only 75 wins last season, and they were relatively quiet in the offseason. Yankee pitchers and catchers report tomorrow in Tampa. A lot of free agents have yet to sign, but outfielder Jorge Soler did sign with the Giants, hit 36 homers last year in Miami. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The special election results are in and the margins in the House are about to get even thinner. Democrat Tom Suozzi has prevailed over Republican Mozzie Melissa Pillip in New York's 3rd Congressional District and the race to move past a disgraced Republican former Congressman George Santos. Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano joins us early this morning after election night in the New York 3rd. But I'm guessing, Jeannie, that you weren't staying up too late uh, to watch the results come in, even with the polls pretty tight. It seems like it didn't take a whole lot of time for the Associated Press to call this race. So what was the decisive factor here uh, for Tom Suozzi? You know, I, I think the, the decisive factor for Swazi was there were a few things. Number one is that he was able to counter this race in terms of immigration and so much of this race focused on immigration. He was able to say to his opponent and he was able to say to Republicans and voters that he is a moderate and that he wants to work across the aisle to deal with the issue of immigration, which, let's face it, for New Yorkers is a very big issue, 170,000 migrants in the city now. And so he was able to contest that. But the other thing he was able to do is he was able to say that he is somebody who they know. He's a known quality quantity, rather, for people on Long Island and in this New York 3rd District. And, of course, they are just out of having been served by George Santos. And so would they really want to take a chance on somebody unknown like Mozzie Philip Pillip? And of course, the answer turned out to be no. So he was also helped by the fact that he is a known quantity in that district. When it comes to the immigration issue, Jeannie, I mean, it's got to resonate differently in a place like New York or the New York suburbs like the third district than it does in a lot of other districts across the country, right? So can we see this as a bellwether for the rest of the country, given how immigration might play differently in different parts of the country. 
Yeah, I don't know if we can see it as a bellwether, but it does give Democrats in districts like this, and there are a lot of them across the country, a map and a way forward as they contest in November. And that is not to shy away from this issue. And this was one thing Swazi did very well, is he did not say, you know, oh, I'm going to give this issue to the Republicans. He took it on. He said, close the border. He said, due to the violence that has occurred in New York City at the hands of migrants, they should be deported. He said he would have supported that bill that came up just the other week in Congress that the Republicans shot down. And I think that is a big issue for voters is the fact that there was a solution. And by all sort of accounts, it was everything Republicans had asked for, a really tough bipartisan immigration security bill. And they didn't go for it because it would have hurt Donald Trump at the ballot in November. And that's something Swazi raised over and over again. So that those factors, I think, are things that other Democrats running in purple districts can look at and use as they try to handle what's going to be a tough issue for them going forward in November. It was interesting to hear from some voters that we spoke to saying or suggesting that they were voting for Swazi, not necessarily for him, but against Republicans. The idea that uh, they could affect abortion rights, that they could undermine democracy the way that uh, Democratic voters are seeing it. What could that say about races going forward into November? Yeah. And that was the other thing is this issue of abortion and democracy. Um, You know, there was one debate in this campaign and Mozzie Phillips struggled a bit on the issue of abortion. She was pinned down on whether she was pro-choice. She is clearly personally pro-life, but she was unable or unwilling to say that she disagreed with the decision in Dobbs. She did say that it is a woman's choice, but it was hard to pin down where she was on that issue. And that's something that we've seen in the special elections that have occurred since Dobbs across the country has played well for Democrats. So between that and concerns about January 6th and the future of democracy, it's something that Democrats are going to be talking about. And you know who wasn't raised a lot in this race was Donald Trump. So he didn't become much of an issue. And of course, neither did Joe Biden, who neither campaigned for Tom Swan and who Tom Swazi even called old. So he did distance himself from the unpopular president and Donald Trump was not as much of a factor, which made this a race about what's impacting the people in New York three. And the voters had a chance to think about that. Of course, we also have to say Tom Swazi may have been helped by the snowstorm. Early voting tends to help Democrats and the storm yesterday made it hard for Republicans to get out in as many numbers as they may have otherwise. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. 
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.